from Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love, the neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Um, as, uh, thank you very much for the warm welcome that I've received this morning. Um, uh, as uh, Nigel said, my name is Helen Mills, and I'm a volunteer speaker with Tear Fund. Um, my day job, I work in the Education Authority. So um, any of you who are teachers, classroom assistants, cleaners, caretakers, um, anybody who works in schools, um, I'm the person that you don't want to see because I work in employee relations, so you never want to meet me, because usually there's a reason, and it's not a good one, so. Um, but I'm always lovely, I'm always really lovely. Um, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time. Anyway, um, so um, I'm really um, delighted to be able to join you this morning and give you a little bit of an update on the work of Tear Fund, and we'll particularly be focusing on um, the country of Colombia this morning. And um, as a church, you have supported Tear Fund for many years, and we're so grateful for that. And I'll talk a little bit later, and I think Nigel might mention it later, about your Christmas appeal and um, the work of, of Tear Fund. So it has been said that we are living in a time of perma crisis. And this is a new word to me, it may be a new word to you, but a permacrisis is defined as a long-term period of crisis after crisis, where the effects of one crisis merge with the effects of another and where everything becomes inherently a little bit more unstable. Does that resonate with anybody this morning? I think it might do. So when we think over the last few years, we can see so much that has created uncertainty in our lives, the pandemic, Brexit, Ukraine, elections, then another election, and then a government, and then another government, and then maybe even another government, and the massive increase in energy costs. And our lives have been shaped by these events over the last few years. And for some of us, it's a new sensation. But for many ordinary families around the world whose lives over many decades have been shaped by a sense of ongoing crisis, this is nothing new. All of these rolling crises have created, on a scale never before seen, a mass movement of people across the globe. Whether it's conflict, extreme weather and unstable climates, economic and social unrest, or any other number of crises, people are being forced to flee their homes in search of safety and stability. War has displaced 20% of the population of Ukraine. That's 15 million people. And the UN has called this the fastest, largest scale displacement of children since World War II. Ongoing conflict and a devastating drought in East Africa have made many millions vulnerable to starvation in countries such as Ethiopia. Tens of millions of people in that country are in need of humanitarian assistance with uncertainty about where the next meal is coming from. And some of those people will flee their region in hope of humanitarian help and safety. 
And we could mention places that Tear Fund is working, like the Democratic Republic of Congo, Myanmar, Sri Lanka, Nigeria, and many more. Places where circumstances have forced millions of people to leave their homes in search of safety, security, and a chance to provide for their families. In the face of all this crisis, how do we respond as followers of Jesus? Tear Fund's strapline is, following Jesus where the need is greatest. And for the over 50 years as an organization that we have been in existence, that's what we've been doing. It started with Biafra, which some of the older folk here will remember, and it continues to this very day. When the needs are on our doorstep, we know what we can do. And many churches in Northern Ireland have responded practically to the needs of refugees who have settled in their communities. But how about when the issues remain global? And this is where the partnership with Tear Fund remains in, comes in. Jesus called us to love our neighbor. And he makes it pretty clear that a genuine faith will be made clear by the love that we show to our neighbor. And it's important when we hear those familiar words to not allow them to lose their power, to grip us and challenge us. This is a radical thing that we are being asked to do. Don't get caught up in asking the kind of questions that the Pharisees asked, trying to work out who our neighbor is and who they aren't, who we have to love and who we don't really need to worry about. Our neighbor is the person in need. Partnering with Tear Fund helps to keep our vision big and wide, helps to keep our global neighbors at the forefront of our thinking and our hearts and our prayers. So Tear Fund, I think, is an expression of the church's commitment to living out this command of Jesus. We work in over 50 countries around the world and we tackle the complex issues which impact our most vulnerable global neighbors, working towards economic empowerment, mobilized churches, and providing safety when disaster strikes. In the midst of everything, we remain committed to seeing people lift themselves out of poverty in a way that changes whole communities for generations to come. Colombia is one of those countries that's facing rolling crises. Tear Fund has been working in Colombia since 1980, and our most recent work focuses on responding to the Venezuelan migrant crisis. Although Colombia is a rapidly developing country and is currently the fourth largest economy in South America, there are still vast inequalities. Almost half the population is living in poverty. And this inequality and fragility sits on the back of 50 years of civil war, which ended in 2016. And you add into that mix the vast influx of people coming from their neighbor, Venezuela, which has been engulfed in an economic and social crisis of its own. And nearly two million Venezuelans have crossed the border into neighboring countries over the last number of years. Those who flee are very vulnerable, but they don't necessarily fit our view of people that are fleeing oppression. These are many of these people are professional people, ordinary people like you and I, 
parents, teachers, shop workers, ordinary people with hopes and dreams for their families. Tear Fund has been supporting and equipping churches to understand their biblical mandate to care for those who've had to flee their homes, to meet their humanitarian needs, and to advocate on behalf of those and with those that have been displaced. In short, to follow Christ's call to love their neighbors. This morning, I'm going to introduce you to Giovanna, who is one of the estimated 5.4 million Venezuelans that have had to make that decision to flee. At the end of the service, we'll be talking about how you as a church are going to partner with Tear Fund um, and uh, give you the opportunity to give. And in the envelope, you'll see a little card and it will remind you of Giovanna that you're going to find out a little bit more about today and also to give you some uh, tools there to pray for her. Giovanna is 42 years old. She was a primary school teacher for 16 years before migrating to Colombia with her four children to join her husband who was already there. We're going to watch a short film now and you'll hear more about Giovanna's story and the support that she received from the local church. And this church and its pastor have been supported and trained by Tear Fund and our partners on the ground. Thank you. El ser migrante es de ser valiente, primero que nada. Y, y llenarnos de fortaleza cada día. Y eso lo da Dios. Dios lo da. Porque yo digo que si no tuviera Dios mi corazón, no hubiese podido. Todos los últimos años han sido muy fuertes. Y, y con la situación de la pandemia, bueno, se agudizó un poquito más. Pero la fortaleza la da nuestro Señor, de verdad. Él es el que nos, me ha sostenido a mí y a mis hijos. La iglesia debe abrir sus puertas porque encuentran en nosotros un lugar de refugio y de protección para todos sus derechos. Ellos llegan con una tristeza, con hambre, llegan enfermos, eh, se sienten también estigmatizados, señalados y perseguidos. De todo lo que vimos en la capacitación con Tirfun, lo que más me impactó es ver en los niños, en las mujeres y en las familias migrantes esa necesidad, esa vulnerabilidad que necesita ser atendida. Encontramos a través de la pastoral que recibimos con Tirfun eh, un Dios de amor, un Dios que ama al migrante. Las enseñanzas que más nos inspiran es la compasión, la misericordia, el amor de Cristo. Saber que Cristo mismo, siendo niño, fue extranjero. Yo busqué a la iglesia como refugio y si no hubiese tenido una atención allí o una aceptación de la iglesia, este, para mí mi vida se hubiese entornado más gris 
que ese sido diferente, distinta. Este, no, imagínese, si no tuviese eso, el bastón en la iglesia, no, no, no sé, un migrante no, no puede acá, en, no hubiese podido surgir. Y considero que es muy importante el trabajo, la labor ardua que está haciendo la iglesia en apoyo a las familias migrantes, tanto en alimento, en educación, en protección a los niños. Mire, es un trabajo bonito, muy respetado. Nuestras esperanzas para la población migrante en nuestra iglesia es encontrar una mejor calidad de vida en todas las áreas. We saw Giovanna in that film speak emotionally about the bravery and courage it took for her to flee her home and leave her family. She left her home, her career, her community. Why would someone do that? Can you imagine feeling you'd no choice but to pack up and leave this community? Giovanna saw that it was the only way she could prioritize her children's health and well-being. When Tierfund staff, staff spoke with Giovanna, she talked about how traumatic the experience was to travel by road and canoe. It was her children's first time in a canoe. She said, when the money ran out, I didn't have anything to give them. We found a mango tree and we ate from it. Thank God for that. The story of God's people, the story of scripture, is a story of a displaced people. Joseph was sold into slavery and sent to a strange land. Moses flees his home to Midian and finds shelter among the local people. Ruth accompanies Naomi to a foreign land and finds favor with Boaz. Mary and Joseph flee to Egypt in the face of violence and danger, which means that Jesus himself was a refugee feeling fleeing political violence and conflict. If we can just pop up that um, reading that we had earlier. Maybe that's why Jesus makes it so clear that loving our neighbors was a non-negotiable for those who belong to him. That's what he means when he says that all the law and the prophets hang on these commands. You see, scripture is full of commands to God's people to take seriously their obligations to those in need, to remember the stranger in the land. Indeed, the prophet's most worn, damning criticism was always reserved for times when the most vulnerable were neglected. And we can see that when we read the words of Amos and Micah. And so when Jesus tells his listeners in Matthew 22 that loving your neighbor as yourself is akin to loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, he is affirming, emphasizing, and elevating a key thread that is woven right through scripture. It is this thread that we see in the churches trained by Tear Fund in Columbia. They saw a need on their doorstep. They recognized their role in stepping up rather than turning a blind eye, and they mobilized their own people and their own resources to start meeting needs. Those are the details, and you saw some of those in the video. But the source, the thread throughout, 
is the compassion that God has shown to us and Jesus' own command that we love our neighbors as ourselves. So how can we as individuals and as part of the global church be stirred to be part of this biblical response? How can we be moved by the compassion of God and make ourselves available to Christ's call to love our global neighbor? How can we be part of bringing hope in this age of violence and displacement? We can pray. Knowing that the Lord hears our prayers and knowing that nothing is impossible for him is what gets us up out of bed in the morning. We have hope, and that hope is affirmed in our hearts through the power of prayer. Tearfund's partners and staff around the world tell us time and time again, prayer changes things here. Please pray, they say, and let your hearts be broken and get the church to pray. Prayer works. Tearfund is fundamentally a praying organization. They pray all the time. I'm part of the, I'm the chair of the um, Northern Ireland Advisory Committee for Tear Fund. And we recently had the great honor on pleasure of welcoming Jane Pleece, who is the um, uh, head of global fundraising for Tear Fund here in Northern Ireland. And she talked to us that recently as part of their re-energizing at their board meeting, they were talking about the distinctiveness of Tear Fund as a Christian organization. And they said prophetic words had been spoken over them at the board meeting by leaders that they respected and uh, wanted to hear from. And one of the things they said was, remember your distinctiveness. Don't be afraid of it. Speak it out when you're meeting with people, when you're talking to fundraisers, don't be afraid of the distinctiveness of Tear Fund that has Christ at its heart. And therefore, prayer has to be at its heart. In his book, Red Moon Rising, Pete Gregg writes, Intercession is impossible until we allow the things that break God's heart to break our hearts as well. So as we commit ourselves to prayer and intercession, we've got a job to do first, to ask God to break our hearts and to soften us. The wonderful thing about prayer is that it not only works and changes things on the ground, but it shapes and changes our hearts in the process. You talked about um, the meeting that you're having this evening when people have got the opportunity to share how God has been working in them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? We can't pray for the hunger crisis in East Africa and not be moved by those in need in our doorstep in Bangor. We can't pray for the displaced around the world and not be moved by the strangers living in our midst. And so once we've identified and interceded, once our hearts are broken and shaped by God, it's only natural that we should find ways that we can act. The pastor we heard on the video in Colombia said that the church was inspired by the compassion, mercy, and love of Christ. They hope to help migrants and help them find a better quality of life in all areas. That church's 
practical and spiritual support provided a refuge for Giovanna and her family. And she said in that video, I took refuge in the church. If I hadn't had the support and the acceptance I received there, my life would have been more bleak. The support I received was unconditional. Unconditional. Isn't that how we want to be described as a church and as Christians? Unconditional welcome, unconditional love, unconditional support. Because prayer shapes us and our hearts, it isn't really possible to pray for people without being concerned about the wider world around us and our local communities. Are there Ukrainian set refugees settling in this area? Is there a Syrian community that we can reach out to? Are the people that have come here for whatever reason who need welcome, support, community, language support, economic help? Are those things that you can help with if you're not doing it already? And finally, we can give. You'll have an opportunity to give as a church family, but I'd also encourage some of you, if you don't already, to think about becoming um, regular givers to us as an organization. 12 pounds a month, which is 144 pounds a year, could help a church equip refugee and migrant families to lift themselves out of poverty. With practical solutions and spiritual connection, local churches like the one you've heard about in Colombia today are ready to help lead their communities out of poverty. Local churches just like this one, living out their calling to love their neighbors but they need your support. Regular giving helps Tier Fund plan our programs to enable long-term development work to happen. It's not money for a sticking plaster, it's a long-term partnership with local communities, seeing real people be lifted out and help lift themselves out of poverty. It's the kingdom at hand, and it lets people like you and I, however many thousands of miles away, partner with Christ and his church in the establishment of his kingdom and the renewal of all things. What else can compare to that privilege? And it is part of our family, the Christian family. I was chatting to one of your members earlier this morning who tells me her son-in-law is Colombian. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm sure some of you have families that live all over the world, but we're all connected and we want to connect with those people and Tear Fund enables us and gives us the vehicle to do that. There's no doubt that we're living through a very challenging spiritual climate and financial climate. Many of us are being very careful with what and where we spend our money. As we all navigate about what that means for each of our own situations, can I ask you to prioritize generosity? The very act of giving, no matter how little, is a powerful statement of trust in the provision of Christ. And we know that the act of giving blesses the giver just as much as it blesses those who receive. On that card, there's one of those little clever QR codes. And if you scan that or give to us as an organization, you can give a regular gift of as little as three pounds a month which isn't even the price of a fancy flat white at a, you wouldn't even get a wee biscuit with that, 
and uh, even that small amount of money can make a lasting difference. And the exciting thing is, in the month of December, the Henderson Group are stepping up again to double um, all donations up to the 31st of December this year, up to a total of a quarter of a million pounds. So if ever there was a time to partner with Tear Fund, now is the time. Thank you so much for listening to me this morning, and I just want to finish with a short prayer. Let us pray. God of love, who has welcomed us into his family, we praise you because you are the God of welcome. You are the God who is on the side of the oppressed. You are the God who is close to the brokenhearted. You are the God who raises high the downtrodden. We pray for refugees around the world. May they be welcomed with open arms. May their needs for food, shelter, clothing, and love be met. May their wounds, emotional and physical, be healed. May the church around the world and here in Northern Ireland rise up to a place known to be known for its love and welcome. We pray that the world will hear the plight of the displaced. We pray the world will have compassion. We pray that the world will take action on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen.